You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Repack, presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Ivan Tex Western. Say what's up, people, Tex. Hey, everybody. Back. Uh, I'm back in the motherland, back in Wisconsin for a couple days. So, um, yeah, it's nice to nice to get a little bit of Wisconsin time right before the uh, right before the season starts. I can stock up on my new Glarus beer and cheese curds for my drive home, and it's going to be a, a good start to the season in two weeks. Did you hear what? This is a loaded question. Did you hear what Aaron Rodgers said? But on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast, he was on there for three hours, wrote it up for APC. If you guys want to check it out about the Packers relevant stuff, because they sure talked a whole lot about stuff that did not apply <laughs> to the Green Bay Packers. But did you see what Rogers said about uh, he cut out dairy and gluten from his diet in what January of 2019 or something? And he says that's why he doesn't have knee inflammation anymore. All right. I mean, I, I remember hearing about the dairy thing a couple of years ago, so that one's not a surprise. Um, the, the gluten thing doesn't surprise me. I hadn't heard that one before. But uh, yeah, that seems like a very, a very on brand thing for for Aaron to do at this at this point. The, the best story that came out of it was apparently he got into an argument with uh, a professor at Cal Berkeley when he was there, who is the prof- he she was teaching a food appreciation class and they had a beef to a point like the jokes write themselves right (laughs) cal berkeley food appreciation class quarterback beef yeah they had beef (laughs) uh he almost got kicked out of school and then he had to write like an apology letter like based off of he called it a kangaroo court that that cal had put together to to hear him out but what what, an interesting fellow right that's what what's murphy yeah yeah that's uh, a complicated fella i think complicated fella yep yep that that about sums it up speaking of quarterbacks i I figure we'll just go through kind of like one last shot through the preseason through 53 man roster projections those will happen the 53 will get locked in on tuesday um and then kind of talk a little bit more about the roles some of these guys are going to end up playing um a lot of guys if you haven't been paying attention to the Packers preseason which more power to you I I have to do this for for a gig (laughs) so I've been charting special teams I've been charting you're you're a sick man you're a sick sick man my friend (laughs) I've I have thrown my body on the content this summer yesterday had my Saturday uh derailed had to listen to to that podcast was transcribing parts of it It ended up taking like five hours thought I was gonna have a day off no not so much but yeah so I figured we talk about some of these roles that these guys are going to play because I'm sure there's some of you who are listening who have not been playing paying super close attention to the preseason that you're going to be like that guy made the team. What does he do? And, and we'll be <laughs> yeah. able to provide some of that. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, I guess Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, those are the locks. And, yep, that's those are that's the locks. that's all you need. Um, Danny Ellings think... probably going to make the practice squad. Yeah, I think. He does provide value there just because the Packers are going to face a guy like Justin Fields twice a season. And when you have mm-hmm. a guy running the option, that's important. Like um, I tweeted this out uh, on Twitter this past weekend, but like we had a guy when we were at the XFL, right? So there was time between when we signed the quarterbacks and then the NFL season started. And then after that, our season started. So there was like this weird in-between time where technically teams could ask our quarterbacks if they wanted to like join a practice squad or something like that. And we had right of first refusal and all that stuff. But when you have an option quarterback, like the Pittsburgh Steelers face the situation when um, they have weeks that they prepare for like Lamar Jackson, they need that guy that can just like run the option in practice has some sort of speed that can replicate that. They asked us about PJ Walker. Um, I think the Steelers draft drafted uh, Chris Olcon who 
I believe was just released, but he was a fourth quarterback for them. He was drafted in the seventh round and it was because he can run the option and, you know, yeah. a seventh round pick to, for a guy who can run practice squad quarterback when Lamar Jackson is there. Like that, those spots matter. Yeah. And, and you start looking through the Packers schedule, you mentioned fields with Chicago twice a year, but um, even just this year, you start looking down the list um, I mean, maybe sort of a Daniel Jones, I, I guess, but you start getting later on in the season, Dak Prescott, who knows in Tennessee, if Tannehill's still going to be the quarterback there, maybe Malik Willis is playing uh, Philly, Jalen hurts. Um, so there, there's a couple of guys kind of in that middle part of the schedule where I, I feel like that can, that can be helpful. Josh Allen with the bills, um, you know, his, his running ability could come into play there. So I completely agree. I think Etling, um showing his wheels in that second preseason game uh yeah. there, there is there's definitely value to having a guy like that on the scout team to prepare you for for those types of um that that different stylistic approach to the position at running back where where are we at with Goodson versus Taylor because Aaron Jones AJ Dillon obviously are going to make the team Tyler yeah. Goodson Patrick Taylor is where it splits I don't think anyone thinks Dexter Williams is going to get um the nod as the third running back and then who knows what happens once Kylan Hill returns from, from the pup list, but that's, that's not until week five. Yeah. At least four weeks out. Yep. That's not something for us to worry about right now. Yeah. I, the, the way things are going right now and and the way the NFL works, like I know we, we, we overestimate our, you know, our team's players chances of getting claimed on waivers all the time. Like there's always those guys that, Packers fans like oh there's no way that he makes it through waivers and we can get it back on the practice squad I still can't shake that feeling with Goodson a little bit when you've got that that pass catching ability out of the backfield um I just I feel like teams put such a premium on on that area nowadays that I would not be surprised if the Packers do cut him if he ends up on somebody else's 53 uh instead of clearing waivers and and getting onto the the practice squad um I know we've talked about Taylor and, and the possibility that if you cut him, you probably, you might lose him because he might not want to take a practice squad job to stay in green mm-hmm. Bay. He might want to uh, get a, a fresh start somewhere else. But I mean, I I've, I've flip-flopped every day this weekend as to who I think is going to be on the fifth or three. And right now I think I'm on, on Goodson, but that might change by tomorrow morning and I might be back on the Taylor bandway. <laughs> I, I really think it's a coin flip to me, at least at which way they're going to go on Tuesday. I, th- I thought it's been Taylor up until I watched the game live. And then it was pretty clear that Goodson was taking all the snaps in the third preseason game with the second team offense, you know, throughout the first half. Taylor got one drive. It ended up being a really long drive. They actually ended yeah. up basically splitting reps down the line um, in the first half. But it was just that Taylor only got one single drive. The drive lasted seven minutes. It took forever. Yeah. Um, but But Goodson was getting out there for a lot of the reps. It's not like they were trading – series like they had been the week before and then so so to kind of lay out what the running back situation has been like right like week one Tyler Goodson starts Patrick Taylor ends up playing like true pass blocking snaps and then um two minute yeah two minute short yardage week two they basically trade drives and, and Taylor ends up opening up as the starter and then week three you know we just we just recap that so it's kind of interesting. And the way that the offenses have changed from week to week has been interesting too. I, I know that mm-hmm. they don't go into games trying to like game plan certain things, but they were drastically different. Like you look at what they were week one, they were using a fullback in that first half. Like when, when the, the guys who are going to make the roster are playing way more than they had in virtually any game that they had last year. And I was like, okay, are they going to be a fullback offense? Is that what this is? Then you look into week two, it's a whole lot more jet motion. It's a whole lot more condensed splits, just under center, one back stuff. And then you look at week three, they're just sitting in the gun because they know Spagnuolo is a psycho and he's going to throw out all these blitzes <laughs> in the preseason. So I don't think it's surprising that like Goodson, when you need five out in the route, right? Like when you need five guys running routes, no extra protection, that he's the guy in the backfield instead of Patrick yeah. Taylor. I think the big difference really does, just comes back down to skill set. Like, do you need that pass blocker a little bit more? Do you want a short yardage guy? I know people keep talking about, you know, Patrick Taylor's only good for three yards, stuff like that. And I don't know if that's necessarily accurate, but like you look at that, yeah. what Goodson had, like, I, I think at one point he had 25 yards and a long of 24 yep. in the first half. So yeah, it's not like he was consistently breaking off runs either. I know he has some more of that flash and 
he certainly is more interesting as a, a pass catcher. But I do think like Taylor, they had him having reps, not only uh, they've used both of them on special teams, um, Goodson and Taylor on like uh, punt return, not as the returners, but as like guys who are rushing after the punt. Um, I think Taylor's a little bit better there. I think a lot of that that comes back down to uh, size. Um, he had a big hit on a kickoff um, that I thought was pretty impactful. Maybe the best you know play that they had on kickoff the entire preseason. They'd struggled. Um, I think last time I looked at PFF's grading, the Packers had the 30th ranked special teams uh, this preseason, and I think that was Friday. Yeah. So there's certainly been games that have played since then. But a lot of that is because of their their kickoff coverage and stuff. And if Taylor's going to help them there. I think that makes sense. They've used both as personal protectors on the punt team. They've used Taylor as a wing on punt team. I just feel like the pass blocking stuff, if like AJ Dillon goes down, right? Cause you're not like Aaron Jones could do it, but he's not really the body type that you want doing that. Like you don't want that matchup all the time. Plus he's going to need reps to take a breather at some point. I still lean Taylor. Like if I were making the, t- the decision, I, I think yep. they're probably leaning Goodson but I would lean Taylor just because of special teams, body type, what he can do on the field. Plus the fact that like once Kylan returns, then what does Tyler Goodson do? Is he just like base down running back number four? Whereas like Patrick Taylor would still be like short yardage, you know, uh, pass blocker number two. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and this, this is kind of why I keep, I keep waffling, right? I mean, you, you laid out that argument perfectly and, and I just, you know, we're, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to settle on, on one before Tuesday afternoon. Yeah. Um, really a hundred percent. I don't think they're settled either because yeah. in, in the uh, pregame, John Kuhn was talking about how LaFleur said, you know, eight spots are up for grabs for the team still. And I think pretty clearly that, one of those spots is running back. Yeah. That actually drives really closely with what we laid out uh, mm-hmm. Friday when we kind of broke down the, um, you know, the list of, uh, of roster locks versus almost locks versus uh you know bubble guys and i think we i think we ended up totaling it up and said that there were 46 guys that we thought were either either locks or pretty darn close so at seven spots there's there's one there clearly that we uh that i guess i, I i'm missing somewhere so it'll be interesting to see uh see if we can find out where that is but uh that's at least good to good to hear that that we're in the ballpark on what seems yeah. like it's it's <laughs> locked up and what's not. A positive reinforcement is it too bad yeah. every once in a while. <laughs> At receiver, I feel like everyone has agreed now. Like seven, they're going to keep yeah. seven. Seems like a lot, yep. but they have seven guys. And I know uh, a lot of people don't like the idea of Jawan Winfrey making the roster. I think Paul's pretty bad about it. Paul's pretty miffed that Aaron Rodgers keeps advocating <laughs> for for Jawan Winfrey. I, yeah. He's fine. I, he's a good body for special teams too. Like he's going to help out on like kickoff and stuff like that. And he's done um, some gunner stuff. And surprisingly, Amari has too. I didn't think that they were going to put Amari out there. I just didn't think he necessarily had like the top end speed to do that kind of stuff. But, and who knows what they do in the regular season because they are rotating those guys out like crazy in the preseason. And yeah. they've already said, you know, they're going to try to use Rasul. They're going to try to use Eric Stokes on those type of reps. You know, once, once they get in games that matter, but he has been playing that. Well, do I think Jawan Winfrey is going to be an active on game day? No, I don't think he's going to be an active on game day. But I do think that he's like the guy that they're stashing to be next man up. He can play so he can legitimately play outside, which is yep. not something that Amari really can do. Not something that Randall Cobb can really can do. So once you have your top four guys, then he's the next guy up as like an outside wide receiver. And it it seems like they've been trying to expand the Amari Rogers stuff to where he could have more of a package than just I'm Randall Cobb's backup on third down. Like they've started doing more jet motion stuff. They used him in the backfield, backfield this past yeah. week. They, they were motioning out. They were having, um, they were having Rogers and Goodson line up in the backfield, you know, split back gun stuff. And they were motioning out Goodson and keeping Amari as like the running back. So like all the RPO stuff, they were keeping Rogers in the backfield, even though you have to deal with the running back on the perimeter. And that might not seem super enticing until Goodson is uh, Aaron Jones. And then yep. you're like, oh, we're running RPOs to Aaron Jones. Also, you have to fit us in 11 personnel. That becomes a very hard thing when they're in nickel. They have to motion a, ba- uh, uh inside linebacker out of the formation. And now you have a dime box. Like, can Amari mm-hmm. Rogers run against dime box? Okay. 
are you going to be in too high? You're going to spin it to one high. Now they can pass out of these motions and stuff. And we know that Aaron Jones is going to be able to handle that as a pass catcher. That's where things start to get interesting. I think they have roles for all of these guys. I don't think Winfrey is going to be active on game day. I'm excited about the receivers. I mean, I still think based off of what we heard, Lazard and Sammy Watkins are probably going to be the outside guys. Who knows with Christian Watson, he hasn't been able to play in the preseason. Um, He worked out on the field ahead of the last two preseason games, but wasn't ready to go. Dobbs can play inside, outside. I think Lazard will probably kick into the slot once we go into third downs and stuff like that. Cobb will be able to play in the slot any down. It's an interesting mix. I think they're going to be highly rotated. Um, I think the core guys to look at, though, are Watson, Dobbs, Watkins, and Lazard. I, I just – I don't really know what Cobb does other than third downs. Yeah, I, I think we've seen over the years with, with Adams playing basically every snap on the outside, mm-hmm. um, or at least every snap of the game primarily on the outside, you're going to see, I think, a lot of these guys end up with like the 60 to 70% snap range and and you might see four receivers that end up with you know 40 snaps a game consistently and nobody who's in like the 50 approaching the 60 range um i i would not be surprised at all if if they rotate those guys that heavily and really um you know sub these guys in and out depending on you know down and distance and and different packages and things i just i think that i get the feeling that that's going to be a lot there's going to be a lot more rotation at this position this year than than we've seen in years past i agree with you on winfrey i mean i think he's got that seven spot over toure i know toure had a nice game on thursday um i actually talked to paul on thursday before the game we went, we, we got lunch together and uh, i think he's made his peace with uh <laughs> with with winfrey getting the job i think um, I don't think he's happy about it, but I think he's he's accepted it that it's it's probably what's going to happen. Um, and that's another one where you know hopefully um, hopefully Toure can make it through waivers and and get get back his because you obviously would love to get him back on the practice squad if he uh, if he goes unclaimed and you know have him as your next guy up as the the eighth guy on the practice squad though. The other guy who's interesting, Ishmael Hyman. It sounds like he's probably going to end up being a potential practice squad guy, and if yeah. they can't grab Toure, they almost certainly will grab Hyman. I don't think Hyman, like if there's an injury at wide receiver, Hyman isn't immediately getting promoted off of the practice squad or something like that because they already are carrying seven, and Winfrey yeah. will probably just hop up into an active role instead of an inactive role, and they're just not going to replace that roster spot. But if there's like a couple injuries, Hyman has some juice. He's looking pretty good out there, and – Yeah, You know, you kind of wonder, like, why is this guy sticking on the roster when some of these other guys are getting cut? And he finally kind of showed it a little bit in week three. They had worked him as a return man at different times throughout the preseason. Um, One of, like, a ton of the uh, USFL guys that they had signed, like, they they had brought in so many. um, They might end up, once you start counting, like, the practice squad and stuff like that, they might be, like, the leader in the league for for USFL signing. So, I guess we got to watch the spring leagues uh next year because that's going to be an interesting one to watch (laughs) but xfl is starting up too again um as far as the offensive line goes we got big news today Elton jake is not practicing anymore so he's he's working with the rehab group previously he had been doing all the walkthroughs doing all the individual stuff but not actually doing like the team like contact or even half contact drills um they asked lafleur about it and he basically said, you know, Tonyan's going to practice today. Jenkins isn't, you know, do you have anything to say about that? No. Uh, okay. Was this planned? He's like, not necessarily planned, but we're not really worried about it. It's like, okay, well, I'm kind of worried about it. Cause you have mm-hmm. to get down to a decision on nine or 10 offensive linemen by Tuesday. And if Bakhtiari who hasn't practiced yet and Jenkins who are, are, Bakhtiari, who hasn't done the team stuff yet, and and Jenkins, who hasn't done team stuff yet, if they aren't ready to go and you only roster nine, you only have seven guys. You can't even put out, like, field goal protection at that point Mm -hmm. without having to, like, put in – you're going to put defensive linemen out there and stuff. And you saw how that happened last year. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm worried about the tackle situation for the first time because I I figured once Jenkins got activated, I'm like, okay, he's going to be ready by week one then because – they burned his PUP, which only would have yep. cost him a month. And they did the same thing with Bach. And now it's like, all right, man, and something's got to happen soon. 
Yeah, and and the word out of practice today was that it's not knee related. Whatever it is that that's what kept him out today. So, yeah, right. so that's uh, who the hell knows what what that is. And I guess we can all just sit and, and hope that that he's back at practice. Is it what tomorrow, Monday, or Tuesday? Whenever they, I, I'm assuming it's Monday that they'll practice before banking cuts on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, that'll be really that that'll be critical to see if he's back uh tomorrow i think if he's if he's still out tomorrow then you know my worry level goes from like a four to like an eight um i just since it's since they're saying it's not the knee i'm gonna i'm gonna cross my fingers and maybe foolishly hope that um that it's just something minor that that is kind of uh banged him up a little bit today that um that'll have him back but again if you're you're absolutely right if he does miss any time you know if he does miss tomorrow's practice um then you start to to panic a little bit and you're looking at maybe having to keep a caleb jones or rasheed walker um on the on the 53 to start for for that tackle depth because then if both of those two guys are out you're you're starting yash at left tackle um god willing they're starting zach tom at right tackle but we'll see what happens there it's probably going to be hansen and newman on the right side based on everything that they've shown i mean they started Um, three preseason games there so. Yeah. So, and, and, and yeah, so then t- Tom is your backup tackle, which you could do worse there, but um, you're going to need that, that extra body there to, to make sure you've got seven, maybe an eighth on uh, yeah on your active roster for, for week one. The other thing that's really interesting looking back now too, is like they traded Cole Van Lennon, who you would have mm-hmm. thought was going to be their 10th offensive lineman on the team. Yep. Right. So now that he's out of the picture, now you're 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 talking about a roster spot. You're talking about rostering a guy who you may not have wanted to roster before, right? Yeah. It's not like they were sold on a Caleb Jones or Rashid Walker at this point. It's not like they had done a ton in the preseason. I know, um, I know Caleb Jones should look good in like the run blocking stats that like PFF has and stuff like that. But Caleb Jones wasn't even working with the sec or I guess no, it was a second team offensive line because they they played their starters. But they, they used Rashid Walker as the left tackle and then kind of like reshuffled the offensive line last week. So now it looks like Walker is ahead of the pecking order of Jones, which is not something we had seen in the previous two games. I know Walker had been dealing with injuries and stuff like that, but just just interesting. Just yeah. real interesting with their offensive line situation right now. And if you get to if you have to keep 10 offensive linemen with the numbers being what they are at the other positions, we've already talked about seven receivers um if you keep four tight ends then you're looking at 26 offensive players on the 53 so you're you're down to probably 24 on defense where do you have to to lose a spot do you only keep five corners in that instance which you might be able to get away with because you've got seven receivers receivers. just on the special teams piece of it um maybe you go that way maybe you maybe you have to cut down to to 5d linemen or or four outside linebackers um you know that's that's going to be a, a tough sell for a team that historically you know is is an even split 25 25 at worst or usually tends to keep uh 26 guys on defense instead of um keeping the extra guy on offense that numbers yeah, then, game is just going to be really really interesting to follow as we go along on tuesday for sure and then how it changes too because i i think specifically on the defensive side i could see them making some moves just to add guys honestly mm-hmm. Like not to get ahead of ourselves, but outside linebacker, um, potentially safety. Like yeah. those are probably the two positions of of depth that they need. I know a lot of people have talked about tight end, but I think they're I guess well, let's talk about tight end right now. Yeah. Robert Tunyon um was practicing today. Mercedes Lewis has been held out of the preseason. That's gonna be your pass catcher, that's gonna be your inline why. Josiah DeGuara has been an off ball guy, played fullback, all that stuff. Tyler Davis is kind of a mix between all of them. He just got a ton of reps as a wing tight end uh, this past preseason game. He's been their inline guy, you know, in terms of uh, Tunyon and Lewis not playing. He's been split out at wide receiver just as much as DeGuara has been this preseason and in the snaps that counted in the first half. We thought maybe like an Alizé Mack would be able to push him for, for that roster spot. Doesn't seem like it's happening. Plus he's banged yeah. up. He didn't practice today. Um, his snap counts went further down. Like in week two, they each had five inline snaps 
in in week three, I believe Davis like outsnapped Mac like three to one or something like that in those types of situations. Yeah. So it looked like Alizé Mac had his chance, couldn't pull away with it. Nate Becker is also banged up. He was kind of like the Deguara backup, is I guess the way to explain it. We've seen him in limited reps. He's been the off ball guy. He's been the fullback guy. And then Sal Canelo is just like been here. He hasn't really moved up the depth chart at all since he's been here. I, I don't really know yeah. how he made it through some of these waves of cuts when you're cutting Vernon Scott, who started for you in preseason week two. And then the very next week, he's just waved with the injury, injury designation and then given an yeah. uh, injury uh, settlement. Like, I, I don't know how he's made it this far, but that's kind of the status of the tight end room right now. I think those top four have kind of cemented themselves again. Yep. Yeah. And, and I know we've, we've talked about Davis's struggles on offense in those first couple preseason games resulting in some turnovers, but the, the, the coaching staff still has been talking him up for his special teams contributions. And I think that's, that's, that's as close to a, um, you know, a sure thing at this point that, that we're going to have. It's crazy. Cause I think he only yeah. plays protection. Like he plays punt protection yeah. on the wing and then he does like field goal protection on the wing too. But I think that's it. Like he's not doing kickoff or anything like that. So yeah, and and that makes that makes me wonder that maybe I don't know. Maybe they're just blowing smoke. Maybe they're trying to talk him up and and talk him up for other teams if they have yeah you know, if they decide or to trade let him go or something. And, and yeah, either either a trade or for you know seeing if somebody else is gonna gonna claim him and try to do right by him and and get him a job elsewhere. I don't know. They've it, been talking this game since the draft though, because we the people yeah. had questions. Uh-huh. The the media room had questions. You know after. We talked about it. It seemed like they were very interested in those tight ends who were going around kind of the third round. And obviously they traded up for Christian yep. Watson, which spent some of their draft capital and, and stuff on day two of the draft. But people were asking them, you know, hey, why aren't you looking to add another tight end to your room when, you know, Tanyan just is coming off of ACL tear? We didn't know that Tanyan wasn't going to start the season on PUP, right? Like we had projected that in July and stuff because we're not doctors. But yeah. <laughs> they said, you know, we're, we're we really like Tyler Davis, and it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Lafleur; it was also Goody. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, and you you look at you look at the guys I, I pulled up the the draft class just a second ago. Um, that Sean Ryan pick, right at ninety two, the third rounder. Yep. the The next couple tight ends off the board: Jeremy Ruckert went one hundred and one to the Jets. Um, Packers. We, we had heard a little bit of, of rumblings mm-hmm. that they liked him. There's record, uh, the Virginia guy, Washington. UCLA guy. Yeah. Otten. Bellinger was in there. Um, so, you know, between, between those, you know, between those picks and when they got Dobbs in at one thirty two, you got Jake Ferguson, Wisconsin guy, Charlie Kohler. So there was, there was a good run there of, of guys that um, you absolutely could have, could have seen them taking it with that 92nd pick. Um, but again, like you said, the, the Tyler Davis stuff, kind of came up after that day too when they didn't take any of these guys um that's just it, it's look at this point if he gets cut i'm not going to be shocked i'll be a little surprised um but i think it's still certainly much more likely than not that he's on the 53 if he's cut do you think they go after a tight end on waivers or do you think yeah. they yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes that was that was my next question is absolutely it, is it mac yep. or is it a waivers guy yeah yeah i think it's a waivers guy i don't think mac is um i don't think he's done enough by by any means to to look like he's worthy of a 53 i think you could you could certainly make a case for mac as a practice squad guy but i think that's his his ceiling this week at least and i think they like him there if he's healthy mm-hmm. um you know who knows maybe maybe they do end up liking becker just because you, some of you the Deguara of, stuff yeah you think that, of like that the Deguara like, Daphne rule yeah, yeah like no one else can really do the Deguara stuff whereas for Davis really to hurt you like you're already out Lewis you're already out Tunyon you're already out yep. Deguara like for for Mac to be able to see it Mac Mac started I believe every week on kickoff return but I think that was kind of it they got him some reps uh on on punt coverage and stuff or on uh punt punt protection and stuff too let's go let's take a break And then we'll go into the defense. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. 
That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, three, two, one, and we're back. The defensive line is very weird. I can't tell <laughs> if they're – you could tell me that they're going to roster seven defensive linemen or five, and I wouldn't be surprised either way, the way that they're yeah. used. So they haven't played Kenny Clark, Jerron Reed, Dean Lowry at all this preseason. Those are going to be your starters in three, four base, period. That's how that's going to yep. end up working out. Um, Devontae Wyatt didn't play the first preseason game due to a concussion, I believe, but then returned, ended up out snapping everyone in the preseason in terms of defensive line snaps in the first half. So he, he, I think is pretty clearly the fourth defensive lineman, but only because his role and Slayton's role are so different. Slayton is really a full-time nose tackle at this point. It was nice to see him get so many snaps in the first two weeks of the preseason Mm -hmm. where you could say, Hey, we heard all these issues about conditioning him coming out of college, him not having a ton of experience. He was able to flash while playing all of those reps. So that that's kind of checks off a box. That was one of his big knocks coming out of the draft last year. Why has been more of like a nickel defensive tackle and three, four defensive yep. end. The, the tricky thing is where we get into this next spot, which is Chris Slayton was the starter as a three, four defensive end for most of the preseason. Jack Heflin has gotten some of those snaps Heflin has actually outsnapped Slayton as a 3-4 defensive end, but Slayton has drastically outsnapped Heflin as a nickel guy. And then you have Jonathan Ford, who is kind of just fourth or third team nose tackle. I think it's a stretch for him to make the team. I'd be pretty yep. surprised if he did it. And then Akil Byers got some like nickel defensive tackle snaps in the first half of, I believe, uh, week one before he ended up having an injury. I think he's a clear-cut practice squad guy, but once you get to the Packers and Slayton and Heflin, like you got to kind of nail that because you're one injury away from playing someone. They went into a lot of games with only five guys active uh, on game days last year. Heflin wasn't getting called up at all. And then he was on, he was, he was basically a healthy scratch week to week and then ended up getting knocked off for the uh, playoff game. But Slayton and Heflin, there's no promise. Either one of those guys make it through waivers. Once you cut them down, Um, they both had good enough preseasons. I think this summer to, to, weren't being claimed so you have a shot at one of them maybe none of them if if you end up subjecting both to waivers and only carry five yeah and i think the role question is really really interesting right because if if you keep six i feel like you almost want to set up you know a, a, a full second string three-man line so again L- lowry clark reed as your five tech nose three tech um do you do the same thing with like Heflin at five and then Slayton on the nose and, and, or TJ Slayton on the nose and Wyatt is your three tech. And then, you know, who's, and then you got to think about those nickel rushers, right? Who's, who's going to be those guys. Clark can do it. He's, he's done it for years. Um, Is, is Reed. I mean, he's probably your, your other starter at that spot. It's probably Clark and Reed as the, as the two nickel guys. Um, But then you got, and then I guess you can, you can run Wyatt and Lowry and maybe not have to, to run um you know run Heflin as much um or think that he's going to get a lot of snaps it's just yeah where where they feel like maybe the combinations and where they see Heflin's role relative to Chris Slayton's role um I think that's another one where that might end up 
being the difference between these two guys, especially if they see them, you know, in terms of talent level being relatively equal, it's just, who do they think, um, you know, fits what they need in that sixth spot the best. And there are people actively rooting against Slayton and Slayton making the roster. <laughs> they just don't want two Slaytons. We There's like three, there, what, there's three Davises? Every, every one of them, I, I'm sure, is a sports writer, though. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's it's <laughs> both Slaytons and then the three, the three Davises, Sean Davis, Tyler, Tyler Davis. Davis. Uh, that, oh, that? I think it was Danny Davis. He, he's been. Released. Oh, yeah. And he's he's gone. So, so we got two. we got the law firm of Davis and Davis and Slayton and Slayton. Yep. At outside linebacker. What the hell? <laughs> what? They need to make waiver claims, I think. Yeah. Here. Like Preston you got Gary, three. Have, you got yeah. three with Preston. Uh, yeah. Preston Smith, Gary, and then Enigbari. And then it's just a whole jumbled mess with all those those other guys just you know pick one out of a hat i guess right they've been using tipa a lot on special teams and talking about that and he's the only outside linebacker who's consistently seeing snaps across the board on special teams but he was just hurt last week and we've seen how short of a leash they've had with injured players right like they just don't have a room for error this year especially coming out the gate for a divisional game so who knows what happens there? I don't think Tebow has been playing particularly well as a special teamer either. He's had a lot of missed tackles on, on coverage reps. Um, I think Ladarius Hamilton, it's between him and Enik Barre and maybe Kobe Jones for the best, like, backup pass rushers on the team, in my opinion. Like, I think Hamilton yeah. and Jones are actually probably better outside linebackers than Garvin and Tipa. Garvin just doesn't do it for me, and I don't know, yeah. like, it's just like kind of like stiff pass rusher who's like not even big enough to be like a real power rusher just doesn't do it for me. If I were them, I'd probably keep Hamilton and Igbari, Smith, Gary, and then like figure out where to get numbers and then pick up a waiver claim. That's, that's exactly where, where I was at too. I think you can, I think you'll be able to get Kobe Jones through waivers and, and get him onto the practice yeah. squad. And if you want to call um, him up for three games, call him up for three games. Yeah. Nothing's stopping you from that, but I just yep, don't think exactly. that, you're going to actually use that guy with the talent that they have on the roster right now. You're not going to use that guy on your 53 consistently. I don't think. Yeah. And, and as Tiba. I'm tracking, yep. And as I'm tracking numbers, if you keep four outside linebackers, that might give you the, the extra one you need to keep that 10th offensive lineman, mm-hmm. um, depending on how the, again, how you, you break down the rest of this defense. And they've talked about like pass rushers contributing on special teams and stuff like that. Like they're not actually doing it. They're not mm-hmm. doing it. They don't use them on, they don't use them on punt team. The like ta- the guards and tackles are usually uh, inside linebackers, and then the wings are tight ends, and then mm-hmm. the the personal protector is a running back of some sort or Dalton Levitt. On kickoff, you're not really using outside linebackers on a down to down basis, other than Tipa because he's fast enough and he'll run down real quick and miss a tackle. Like it's it's not like it's not like they're using these guys across the board. Like they're using them on field goal block and punt block. How often are you blocking a field goal? How often are you blocking a punt? Does that matter that yeah. much? I don't think it should matter that much. Those aren't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be the matters, deciding factor. Punt block yeah. or punt protection matters. Like those are the two big ones. And then from there, you figure out like your gunners. You figure out your vices. Like I, I don't think it's that important to figure out like punt blockers and field goal blockers just doesn't make sense to me from a roster construction standpoint it's not worth the roi yeah yeah especially when you again you need those numbers when you've sort of you know maybe painted yourself into the corner on on the offensive line a little bit um i think that's you're going to have more impact especially early on in the season and then again you know there's going to be a a a couple of i'm sure there's going to be a couple of pass rushers out there in the waiver wire and and maybe you can find an, an interesting name out there Hell, um, they picked up Ladarius Hamilton after week one, right? Yeah. Like they were like, yep. Ladarius can't go. We need another pass rusher. Let's go grab mm-hmm. Ladarius. So there'll be someone out there, I'm sure. I, I yep. saw like Trey Flowers just signed for like $2 million or something with the Dolphins. <laughs> and I, don't, I think Trey Flowers has fallen off a good amount. Yeah. And I don't know, even know if Trey Flowers is a good fit for a 314. But just like there's going to be dudes. You'll mm-hmm. be able to find someone. There'll be cut downs. Like You'll figure it out. Inside linebacker, I think we're pretty set with four. Um, Devondre Campbell yeah. he hasn't played in the preseason. Quay Walker started in the preseason. He's going to be the guy opposite of Campbell. 
interestingly, like Isaiah McDuffie, it seems like he's their third inside linebacker now with Chris Barnes as the fourth. And then Ray Wilborn had been getting some first snap, first half snaps. It's been a real heavy rotation between Barnes, McDuffie, and Wilborn after that initial like Walker McDuffie set gets out there. But Wilborn didn't play any of those snaps last week. I just think from a numbers perspective, it's going to be hard to keep five. And the team just released uh, Ty Summers, so we don't have to worry about that, even though he had a little bit of an uptick for special yep. team snaps over the last two weeks. Yeah, and and when both of your backup guys give you a lot of juice on special teams, I mean, both Barnes and McDuffie have, have been yeah. key contributors in that area last year. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's finally a position. The only other position besides quarterback that uh, you don't really have a whole lot of questions, at least the down brief, the down the depth chart at the bottom, right? Yeah. On top of those guys being able to contribute on like those block teams, right, and on kickoff, like that's really where the big pluses for inside linebackers are, right? Is is on kickoff team. You just have them yeah. run and tackle. Um, these guys have been guys who have started at guard in punt protection. So like you'll have a lot of McDuffie and Barnes at guard and then Quay Walker and a guy like uh, T Penalia as the tackles. I, I think that's probably what you're going to see. And those are roles that like actually matter. I think yeah. just, just being able to eyeball it. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty subtle. I think Will Bourne probably if he wants to, will be a practice squad guy again, but who knows if he's willing to take, you know, back-to-back years going into his third season in the NFL on the same team, gotten shots and, you know, just not been able to make the roster. Yeah, and if he is your fifth guy and you can get him on the practice squad, that's that's great because he, he can – special teams games. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And then if for some reason you, you know, you have Campbell or Walker misses a, a game or two, that's an easy um, elevation for, you know, bringing him up to, to play a backup role as you, you know, as you have McDuffie – let's say moving into the starting lineup. I want to, I want to knock on wood right now, but so with the practice squad stuff and you being able to call guys up for three games, you know, while they're on the practice squad without having to call them up and release them back down, hopefully this year there'll be less fewer uh, COVID impacted games. So fewer guys who are pulled out. And if that's the case, then you just end up having, more opportunities for these guys where they're not subs right they're yeah. not a, the, the depth chart isn't altered and you could just bring them up to play special teams and if that's the case i think that'll help not only the packers but just the league in general and if that's the situation mm-hmm. i could see Wilborn getting three games getting a call up going back down getting three more games like being able to play seven while still sticking on the practice squad at the end of the season like those type of yeah. moves cornerback i thought was settled I thought we had figured this out. I thought we had our six. <laughs> Not the case. So, yeah. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, they, they're going to start on the outside. Um, surprisingly, Russell Douglas got one, one uh, practice in last week before Darnell Savage returned to practice today, where he actually ended up starting at safety. And Keyshawn Nixon was the guy who kicked in at nickel. I thought that was kind of surprising because Shamar mm-hmm. John Charles is pretty clearly the team's fourth corner and he's played inside and outside. I just don't know if they wanted to, like, mess him up going into a last preseason game and, like, hey, you're going to play nickel <laughs> full-time when in the game you're going to play outside. Who knows what goes on with that. But so the top four are kind of slotted in. But now there seems to be, like, a real competition between Nixon, who's basically full-time slot guy, plays special teams, Rico Gafford, who was brought in as a special teams guy. Now he's playing outside corner. He's actually splitting reps with Keandre Thomas now but has kind of been slowly phased off of special teams. He transitioned mm-hmm. from wide receiver. And then Keandre Thomas, who played, I, I think his snaps have increased from like one to 10 to like 25 over the, the three preseason games for corner snaps in the first half of games with, you know, the second team defense. Keandre Thomas kind of came out of nowhere. He's getting plenty of reps on defense and special teams. I don't know if they keep five. I don't know if they keep six. If they do keep five or six, I don't know who five or six is. Like this, <laughs> this quickly became like, okay, they have six. These guys are going to contribute on special teams to now there's like, this might be a game of musical chairs. Yep. Yeah. I, I still feel like Nixon is a, is a really solid bet to be your corner five. Um, I just, I, I haven't seen any real reason yet to, to waver off of that, but that six spot is absolutely up for grabs. And, and you and I were, we're, 
all on Gafford being that guy through through those first two weeks. Um, now I think if I'm you know if I'm putting my fifty three together, I, I'm guessing that they are keeping six and and Thomas is the the extra guy. But I think either one of those two you can probably sneak through onto waivers um, onto the practice yeah. squad. So and again with the call ups, do you need to keep six? Can you you know can you dump on dump both of those guys, get them back in the practice squad, then you've got a six and a seven you know, both who are able to be elevated for a couple of games apiece. Um, and then again, keep an, keep another safety, keep a fifth outside linebacker, um, keep seven defensive linemen. Um, there's your, you know, there's, there's another potential, uh, potential spot. And, and again, it's one where I think the, the practice squad elevations are really going to influence what they do if they keep a sixth corner. And this is kind of the, this is kind of the way to think about it, right? So if you have Winfrey, you think he's going to be in an active early on in the season, why wouldn't you call up guys from the practice squad to be able to be active, right? And and fill that out. And then when there is an injury, then you just you don't have to change the roster numbers, right? Yeah. And in at wide receiver, a wide receiver goes down, now he's just in the game. And you don't have to reshuffle your roster, your 53 at all you didn't have to burn anyone's eligibility you didn't have to reset any clock anything like that you don't have to put anyone on waivers I I think that's just an easy way to go about it and I've kind of been thinking that way too I'm like they might just need five because I don't know if Keandre like if you put Keandre Thomas on waivers he's not getting claimed he was released by the Chargers and he went unclaimed on waivers earlier this season or earlier this summer and then Gafford was on the street too, right? I mean, they transitioned him from wide receiver. They signed him as a wide receiver and then moved him to corner. So, I don't know. I, I don't think those are are as pressing as other positions. Yep. Safety, holy crap, man. <laughs> Please stay healthy. So, Savage returned yeah. to practice. Um, Scott got uh, released uh, with a with a uh, injured designation and then was given a uh, injury settlement. In game, we ended up having, uh, I believe Davis got pulled for a bit. He got subbed in for Tariq Carpenter. Carpenter had a huge hit stick, and then the drive ended with Carpenter getting burned. This is the seventh-round rookie out of Georgia Tech who's like hybrid safety inside linebacker. Then Ennis Gaines went down on special teams, and it's like, holy crap. We're, we're already having like a, a health battle at the safety yep. position already. But now – Levitt returned to practice, which is nice because I think now the pecking order is pretty clearly on defensive side, right? It's Amos Savage starting. Sean Davis is the third guy. And then Dolan Levitt is like your special teams guy. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's anyone that you need a roster beyond that. I will say Ennis Gaines got hurt the worst possible time. This <laughs> guy, I've been begging for two years to get this guy more playing time with a with, uh, higher end of the depth chart. Finally has safeties go down in front of him. On special teams, he started on all four of the key phases, right? And then he goes down with the injury. Boom. And I'm like, yep. bummer, bummer. But I think Sucks. him, Carpenter, Abernathy, those are pretty good candidates to make the practice squad again if, if they have another shot at those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and Levitt coming back and practicing this week, I think, is, is pretty big because he was a guy that we were all kind of looking at him as, well, he's probably going to make the 53 and then get stashed on injured mm-hmm. reserve right away to to um to preserve his eligibility to return in a couple of weeks um now that he's back that i think is instantly a a boost to the the depth on special teams but as we saw in the first preseason game or two he doesn't give you he doesn't give you a whole lot in coverage ability on d no so he got he got um, bombed too him and carpenter like yeah if they see snaps on defense it's gonna be a problem yeah and, and so that the only reason that um yeah, the only other reason I could I could see maybe keeping that sixth corner is if you think that Rasul is actually going to have to potentially be like your backup free safety. Yeah. Um, but again, in 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 the same the same vein, right? You you can call these guys up and um, and add to your your depth on the the game day, you know, forty forty seven whatever it is now. Um, I mean, I the the guy who. I, I think outside of the top four, right? The the two starters and then Levitt and Davis. Um, I think Abernathy's got the best shot at a spot mm-hmm. on the 53. Yeah. Um, 
just just because he he has made a couple of splash plays in games he had that pick in the second game um and he got almost every snap in uh thursday's game against the chiefs in the finale i think he played uh 90, a ton he, of special teams he played any yeah he played 91 percent of defensive snaps and he and he had you know 15 uh, special team snaps so that's the guy that i would keep an eye on if they go you know i could see them going five corners five safeties and have an abernathy be that fifth safety i wouldn't mind that i just i just still haven't seen a whole lot of abernathy mm-hmm. i know he had some yeah. of those flash reps and stuff like that but he is all over on special teams and stuff and he's yeah. not missing as, tackles like some of these guys that are talked about as locks because they play special teams right and he's uh he's got the athletic profile i mean he's a, he's a ras yep. guy he's a nine plus ras guy um he plays so like it too he's not the, tool, the tools are alligator there. arms yeah. like like right. summers yeah <laughs> special teams i guess the real only question is so like o'donnell's done well i think mm-hmm. in the preseason Coco, you know, we had heard, like, uh, he's getting there, he's getting there, he's getting there. I don't think he's a bad long snapper by any means. Like, he hasn't had, like, a weird snap yet, I don't mm-hmm. think. And then the kicking game is really where the question is, right? So, yep. they said Mason Crosby, they believe, will either return to practice uh, today, which didn't happen, or tomorrow. But they said he can't work with the team. Why can't he work with the team? Is he going on PUP? Because if he is, then uh, yeah. Ramiz Ahmed is going to end up going as as the kicker going into the uh, into week one, which I don't necessarily mind. He hasn't played poorly. If no, he's, he's, I thought he's kicked weeks, well. Whatever, but yeah, just the fact that like hey, all we've heard this preseason is Mason Crosby is on pace for his six week injury or whatever. He's on pup. You know, he's exactly where we thought he was going to be. No setback. It's going to be right up to the season. But then they said today or I should say more clearly, LaFleur said today that he he has to practice alongside the team. That's like kind of weird. Could you just activate him off PUP? Like rosters are final yeah. on Tuesday. Why can't he practice with the team? If he's yep. going to go on PUP, just say he's going on PUP. <laughs> well, this isn't a case. Any- right. And this isn't a case where um, they can't activate him off PUP and then keep him on the 53 and stash him on IR. Mm-hmm. right away that was there was one of those a couple of years ago i think maybe it was even bakhtiari last year where there was some talk about oh maybe he'll be ready after you know three weeks instead of six so you activate off activate him off a pup and put him on ir and i think i, I remember lafleur saying that no you can't do that if it's the same injury you can't activate a guy from one injury yeah. list put him back on um for this you know put him on a different one because of the same injury unless there's like a flare-up so I, I, I was just trying to trying to game out. Is there a way that they is there a way that they would start the season like start the initial fifty three without a kicker? I mean, I mean they you, worked out could, a ton of kickers, right? Like right. two weeks would ago, you, they worked out like five guys. If you, I, I, I'm just I'm just getting I'm just getting galaxy brain here. <laughs> like if you put Crosby on on reserve pup to to shut him down for four weeks. Um, put Ahmed on um, but but the only reason you would do that I guess is if you had a different guy that you wanted to get to injured reserve to to open up that other roster spot right and right now with Levitt coming back it doesn't look like that guy is is on the roster so yeah, I don't think so that there's really not a yeah there's not really a, a whole because a, they were able to put to do in Kylan Hill on pup regular season yep. pup and you know for the cut down from 85 to 80 so just a yeah, weird so that, situation. I don't know what the heck is going on with kicker. I, that just made nope. me a little bit worried when I heard that yeah. today. To your point, though, I thought I think I'm at his kicked, kicked well. Um, it's nice to see kickoffs going into the back of the end zone on a consistent basis. Yeah. That was like I, I, I rewatched the condensed uh, game from Thursday right before we uh, we recorded, and I'm like, oh man, these kickoffs are going in the back of the end zone every time. This is great what is this? What is this sorcery? So, uh, the so that was kind ones of were, were worse in yeah. week one. They were real bad. I mean, I know he yeah. was dealing with a hamstring and you could tell from the all 20. I, yes, I watched the preseason special teams, all 22, but like he clearly had a limp. Like he was not right. Like those things were yeah. landing, you know, at the 15 yard line and they had to make that move. I yeah. feel like we have a pretty good handle of this roster. Feeling pretty good yeah. about the season. If you could yeah. tell me the tackles are healthy Watson is healthy and Crosby's healthy. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the spot where 
we just need to make sure that this team stays healthy, I think, is is at the edge. If yes. Gary and Smith, uh, if Gary and Preston can both play a full season, um, I feel really good about this defense in general. And for whatever reason, Green Bay's ideology, going back to Dom Capers, really, and even, you know, Petten did this too. I know Petten's rotations got a little weird because he would play like three outside linebackers because he would have, uh, you know, Zadarius walk up to, to the center and stuff like that. But their ideology has always been like when the starter, you don't sub out one starter, you sub out both guys. Yeah. And, and the real problem last year was when you subbed out both guys, teams could just do whatever they wanted to you. And I know now we get Jair healthy at corner and we have better inside linebacker play. Hopefully we have better defensive line play with the addition of uh, Jerron Reed and Devontae Wyatt. But that was a big issue last year. And hopefully they solved it because that was what really what I thought kept them from being, you know, a top five defense. It wasn't that they didn't have the talent, the tie end talent anywhere else on the field. It was just like outside linebacker, the backups come in and you're getting torched. You're getting torched. You can't get off the field and everyone else ends up getting tired. Yeah. No, I think uh, as, as we've talked through it, I've been kind of tweaking my, my final 53 prediction. And and I think I landed on, on keeping 10 offensive linemen. I think the numbers, I think the numbers can work out there uh, at, in the secondary to keep, you know, keep five and five. Um, and what we talked about, about outside linebackers, uh, hold on to four. And then, you know, then if you feel like, all right, Bakhtiari and, and, and or Jenkins is, you know, maybe they're going to be ready for week one. Okay. Then you can bump a Rashid Walker and, and, um, you know, pick up a guy off of waivers, let's say. So I think, uh, I think I'm at 10 offensive linemen now. Now that we're at the end of the podcast, there was a conspiracy theory that was floated about Elton <laughs> Jenkins. And the conspiracy I saw this. was Jenkins was told he was going to play guard instead of tackle because Tom basically like Tom is the one that stood out between Jake Hansen, him and Royce Newman, which would make sense. Right. This is none of this is confirmed, by the way. This is just someone's theory on Twitter. Right. They're saying Packers looking at their best five offensive linemen. It involves Tom playing. Tom can really only play tackle because of his size right now. He does get rushed hard yep. when he goes against power guys. So like, you want him in as many matchups against 250 pounders as you possibly can, especially when Zadarius is going to be playing inside, right? And mm-hmm. you know, you're back up out, outside linebacker or you're inside going against nose tackles and Zadarius Smith on pressure downs. Pretty easy to make that call. Um, so would Elton hold out contract year? He's playing guard. Maybe what doesn't make sense to me if he was doing like a quote unquote hold in, right? Because LaFleur said, you know, this was kind of unexpected. It's not a knee issue. What can it be? It's not it like I've never seen anyone hold in and then work alongside practice with the rehab group, which is what Jenkins did today. Yeah. It's usually Jamal Adams standing on the sideline in a hoodie and just like, you're not going to find me. The team isn't going to make me physically be on the field. What can you do? That's also not a thing that has really happened in late August. That's something that happens like at the beginning of like when mandatory camp starts. So yeah. I don't really I don't really buy into it, but something worth thinking about because I don't think we have any clarity on what this Jenkins thing could be. I mean, you get like a foot injury or something. Like I'm trying to think of like what you can rehab alongside a practice that you can't even do like walkthrough stuff for. And the list isn't very yeah. long if it doesn't involve his name. Right. So weird. Yeah. No. I don't know. It's it's a uh it's a situation worth monitoring, but I think I liked you had something the other day when it was somebody was was talking about you know him being at part of the best five but that best five being zach tom at tackle and i think your approach was just like pay him whatever he wants like pay him tackle yeah. money and pay let him, him play ta- guard <laughs> yeah. who cares like just give him the tackle money and play him where you want to play him and then be done with it there's like five right tackles who get like paid the type of money that owen jenkins should get paid anyway and there's yeah. like three guards it's not that big of a difference so like just pay owen jenkins whatever the heck he wants and then pay him even more. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just do that yep. with you, with you. And hey, we've got we've got cap space. We got like the seventh most cap space in the NFL right now. Yeah, and that the cap, cap space, space the cap space is effective, my friend. It's only effective if you use it. I'll just <laughs> leave it there. They have a ton of cap space going into next year too. That's the other thing I'm excited about too. 
this Packers team is going to be better next year. Yeah. I know we're focusing on this year, but like this is, it's not a rebuilding year. It's definitely like reloading year. Next year is like, mm-hmm. we're, we're title mm-hmm. hunting. We are mm-hmm. like absolutely in the race for title hunting next year. The cap situation Let's... settles out and we return basically everyone other than Adrian go... Amos, who we should have extended yeah. last. Oh, let's go last. get some, uh, let's go get some ring snipers for next, uh, for 2023, man. I'm let's excited. do it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we should be, I don't know if we'll be week or uh, daily this upcoming week, but we should be daily the week after that. So get ready to uh, hear the voices of uh, your, your old friends. Looking forward to it. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.